0: You are listening to Shaping a Better Maritime World podcast by Bureau Veritas. Each month, we discuss marine and offshore market trends with key stakeholders to help you navigate the energy transition and shape a better maritime world for the future generation. Hello and welcome to Shaping a Better Maritime World, a podcast that explores the latest trends and topics in the marine and offshore industry. I'm your host, Alex Valenti, and today we'll be discussing smart ships. Now, smart ships are an exciting yet rather broad topic, so in this episode, we'll start with exploring more specifically what smart ship means and how the concept can help the shipping industry address the current energy transition challenges it is facing. We'll then move on to discussing the main challenges and benefits of selecting digital solutions for smart shipping. And finally, We'll see what our guests believe the future holds for this innovative concept. Speaking of which, I would like to introduce you now to our two experts in the field of smart chips joining me today, Arno Dianoux, co-founder of Opsilog, and Vincent Jolie, Bureau Veritas smart chip manager. A warm welcome to you both. Now, Arnaud, could you perhaps start with introducing yourself a little bit, telling us a bit more about who you are and what Opsilog is?
1: Yes, hello Alex, hello everyone. Uh thanks for the invitation. So I am Arno, I'm the co-founder of Opsilog. I a former captain, a merchant marine captain. I've been sailing at sea during about 10 years on different type of vessel, container ships, passenger ships, RoRo and uh, then quite a few years on the offshore uh, marine industry from mate to uh, become a captain. And then in 2013, I've been working on different projects related to fuel management and data analysis, which then lead to the creation of Opsilog. So Opsilog is a French company based in Marseille and providing solutions and services to the ship owners and the charterers to optimize their operation and decarbonize based on uh, software data integration, real-time data integration and analytics on which we add a consulting part to transform the data into action and give concrete results to help this industry moving forward into the huge digital challenge and decarbonization challenge uh, we are facing altogether.
0: Thank you very much, Arnaud. I can imagine with this impressive background that seeing smart chips arriving on the market must be quite exciting for you. So I'm looking forward to your insights. And Vincent, so tell us more about what a smart chip manager does at Bureau Veritas.
2: Good day. So smart chip manager, uh, for us, it means defining as a smart chip offering, the vision and the ambition of a classification society on this smart shipping market.
0: All right. Well, I guess you've actually opened the door very nicely to the first question I had to you both. You know, we've been talking about smart chips, we've been mentioning it. So it's now time to give our audience a bit more of an insight as to what it means. I think a lot of us have this conception, this notion that it is very closely related to Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, autonomous systems, I know. Is that true? Is that maybe a bit misguided? Is how do you define smart ships?
1: Well, um, from my vision, uh, smart ship is um, a connected vessel. Not only in terms of uh, communication and bandwidth, it's a vessel which is uh, able in real time to export data. Then this data has been used onshore to increase the efficiency. And globally, the smart ship, from my point of view, uh, should be uh, or should give a result of an ultra-efficient ship on all the different aspects of technology and data management for the benefit of all the different stakeholders that are related to this uh, particular ship operation.
0: Right. Vincent, what about you? Uh, you were saying that part of your job is defining smart ships for Bureau Veritas. So how do you see smart chips?
2: Uh, first, I have to say that I... Unfortunately, agree with you that there's some kind of confusion behind this definition. I would say uh, confusion is uh, resulting that most of people are uh, starting by technologies. It's wrong. And uh, the result is that people associate smart chip to autonomous, to AI, digital twins whatsoever. This is just adding more confusion. At BV, we define the smart ships through smart functions for specified objectives and based on this definition, actually we address the digitalization of shippings. Practically speaking, as uh, Arno mentioned, it means capturing the data from ships, integrating the data, processing the data. It means visualizing the data in real time, and finally, sharing the data between the actors who need it to take the proper action at the right time.
0: Right. I was thinking exactly as you said. Uh, it's it's a perfect explanation addition to what Arnaud was saying. It's a connected chip that helps ensure efficiency. So since You know, it helps ensure efficiency. Uh, Perhaps you can tell us more, Vincent, what it means in terms of energy transition challenges. How does it relate? Why do we talk about smart chips and energy transition in the same sentence?
2: It makes total sense to introduce the energy transition here because all in all, this is a driver of our industry and not only our industry and why we are talking about smart ship here is because what are the options what are the solutions offered to our uh, clients there are some design options uh, retrofitting existing ships but this is quite uh, capex consuming second option is to uh, limit the speed of the ships on the same time this is also reducing the commercial value of the ship so what is remaining let's be practical What can we do? How we can improve with the ships we have in hand? And there's big room of improvement there. And this is where uh, digitalization is coming. Because if we want to improve, first of all, we need to know exactly, accurately from where we start. And we need to monitor the improvements. We need to assess all the options. And uh, this is where Smartship smart ship is coming. And uh, we see more and more uh, solutions coming on the market in that direction.
0: Right. Thank you, Vincent. And Arnaud, would you have something to add about this? I mean, you've seen quite a transition from the seed point of view uh, and, and by creating logs. So how, how do you see this, uh, this relationship between smart chips and uh, sustainability?
1: Yeah, this transition represents a, a huge challenge. Um, on top of maritime, there is a worldwide challenge for this energy transition uh, from fuel maybe to slowly to moving to gas and then maybe more and more to renewable. But all this will take a lot of time. And that's if we focus on maritime, it will take time. It will cost a lot of money, we estimate. Globally, the decarbonization market uh, representing 2,600 billion euros. That wow. includes the cost for the investment of the new building, the new technology to really help this uh, industry moving forward. Uh, all this pressurized more and more by the regulatory institution, from the IMO, from the different European and, and worldwide institutions that are pushing for reduction. So it's a huge challenge and unfortunately, the, the net zero ship solution does not exist. So it's a huge challenge for the ship owners that are pressurized by the by the market. But I would say that it's not the only problem of the ship owner. It's an industry problem. We need to be together on that. And we are entering an experimentation phase. Um, we can see some vessel testing new type of propulsion, new fuel. This phase will last maybe 10 to 15 years. And the key point before to start this transition for the maritime industry is to measure um, if you are not measuring and that we are entering this experimentation phase we will not be able to compare the improvement versus the original baseline
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's very important to accurately measure today the vessel operational profile the gas emission of the vessel the fuel consumption and to reach this baseline before to move forward. If not, it's like if I want uh, to lose weight uh, and I don't know today uh, what is my actual weight. I want to lose, for example, 20K, but I don't know uh, today what is my actual weight and I don't know what are my habits uh, in terms of food. So it's very important to have this starting point for this industry before to move forward. Mm-hmm. And the good news, that are the challenge, the good news is that there is huge opportunity and SmartShip is a very good opportunity. We will need this ecosystem of different companies like we do together today with the Bureau Veritas and Opsilog. Uh, We need an ecosystem. We need collaboration between people. The good news is that the connectivity is increasing, uh, the connectivity of Vessel. More and more data will be exported in real time from the bridge to the shore and treated in real time. And I believe also that there is a huge opportunity in terms of e-reporting. Already this world uh, of maritime industry is working mainly on paper logbooks, on excel sheet for the MRV DCS we need there is a huge opportunity to use this data which is a good quality data and to digitize this data in order to benefit from getting this baseline before to move forward
0: mm-hmm. okay thank you as you're mentioning it seems that it's it's an exciting opportunity these smart chips for helping the energy transition but you've also mentioned quite a few um, challenges that this represents. So I was wondering if perhaps, you know, moving on, you could explain to us a bit more about the challenges that ship owners face when evaluating and selecting digital solutions for smart shippings. Um, how how does this work for them? Arnaud?
1: Yeah, globally, I was saying that the challenge, uh, yes, the ship owners are really uh, under challenge. Mm-hmm. They have an actual fleet, as Vincent was saying, they have an existing fleet. There is a, a heavy uh, pressure from the market and from the institution to change, to invest in new solution. As I was mentioning, the net zero solution is not existing. So we are in, all moving into an experimentation phase. So for them, it's a huge challenge. They are pushed by the regulation. It's difficult for them to see clear between all the different solution, hardware, software, data analytics uh, solution on the market because sometimes we can see that we all have the same pitch, even if we are not providing the same uh, solution. So it's a challenge on that point. It's a challenge in terms of budget for them because it will cost money uh, to the ship owner. But I truly believe that it's not only the ship owner that needs to finance this uh, transition. We will not succeed if we believe in that, I believe. And globally, there is also a big challenge for them on the people management of change. Mm -hmm. Um, So they... There is onboard and onshore management of change to be done in order to move forward into uh, these smart ships and uh, digitalization around their fleet. Mm
0: -hmm. And so, as you were saying, that's a a kind of, not a shock, but you know what I mean, like they have expectations, right, of what this could mean for them. And and these challenges are a problem. What are these expectations for them?
1: From my point of view today, uh, some of them are expecting that one solution can solve everything. Mm. Uh, it's not really the case because it's really an ecosystem that uh, different company needs to work together. An hardware company needs to work with uh, a software company and uh, a company that can integrate all this data and move forward, for example. So it's a combination of expertise. And that's the good news is that the markets start to understand and have a better understanding of, of this uh, needs of ecosystem. So it's a combination of solutions that will help them to move forward. But one of the expectations is one in all. Then they want immediate results. It's an experimentation phase, so we need time. It's a long-term investment, at least for digitalization, because as I was saying, before to reduce, we need to measure accurately. Mm-hmm. And that's the base of the pyramid. If we are moving forward and said we want to decarbonize, the IMO said that we need to reduce by 40% by 2030 uh, the global emission of the maritime industry. But... Today, the emergency, the urgency is to measure first. If we don't measure, we will not reach this uh, this point. So on their expectation, they want immediate result. And I think it's important to understand that, yes, they need to move forward. Yes, they will get result. But there is a base that needs to be consolidated before to uh, get a return on investment.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And what about you, Vincent? Do you agree, you know, that these are the expectations and, and, and you know, what are difficulties they're meeting? Or are you seeing something different from a Bureau Veritas perspective?
2: No, I can only agree with what uh, was mentioned by uh, Arnaud. Actually, if I just say it differently, but we are talking about the same, what is expected is, as we said, first priority is to reduce the emission from ships. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no option for that. Uh, I mean, it's a no way. We have to second expectation is to improve the administrative efficiency, limiting paper, double entries, automatizing processes, etc. We also have expectations regarding the improvement of the safety of the ship, mainly by ship tracking, and this is where we see uh, connectivity growing a lot. Predictive maintenance its not new, but all in all, most of the difficulties are somehow related to strategies, implementations. Mm. Have we addressed all the necessary questions before developing anything? From where to start? What are the priority objectives? Should we uh, buy a solution from the market? Should we develop something ourselves? What are the data I already have? Do I need new data? How my data is accessible? Do I have uh, data accountability in my organization? Are we uh, already sufficiently leveraging from data? What is the target or organization I have in mind? In many cases, underestimation of all those questions is leading to successful proof of concept, successful pilots that we have huge difficulties to deploy to industrialize. Some additional difficulties is that sometimes People see that oh, this is again a new software, this is duplicating with the uh, legacy tools, and could lead to overcost even. So how do we integrate all those solutions? And at the end, the result is that sometimes it's difficult to demonstrate the ROI, and it's difficult to, to measure accurately uh, how we achieve that ROI.
0: Right. Well, you're both mentioning data, and I definitely want to come back to this later on. But at this point, all that list of questions, well, so it's making my head spin. And, and it's making me think that it's, it's going to require, as you both mentioned, actually, a lot of change management. You know, it's going to it's gonna have a significant impact in the way these organizations work. So is that, you know, one of the main obstacles in the adoption and implementation of smart chip
2: solutions? Vincent? Definitely. Uh, Definitely. As we said, starting by looking at smart shipping revolution as just a techno revolution is the wrong way to start. In the same manner, looking at digitalization as just developing new tools is the wrong way to start. It's a change of culture. It's a change of mindset. And we cannot uh, release all the potential of digitalization if we uh, do not embrace, let's say, new business models that are based on common value for transparency, for uh, collaboration within, I would say, an ecosystem, not just cooperating like bilaterally, like what we are used to do in the maritime economy. So this is all this that we need to uh, measure in order to anticipate the change management and to release all the potential of digitalization and what all those new technologies can provide to improve.
0: Right, it makes absolute sense. And I know I'm also thinking, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear your insight on this because you've been on, on both sides, basically. You've been in the maritime industry as a key actor at sea and now you're outside also and, and helping all these actors. So. Do you agree how is this all unfolding what is the what are the obstacles
1: Yeah I fully agree with with uh, Vincent um the mindsets on board and onshore and not only on the ship owner side but also on the charterer side on the insurer side on the classification society side will be key mindset because we will have to uh, move forward and change management uh, will be important so we will need key people uh, with a good mindset to help this industry moving forward, the maritime industry of yesterday will definitely not be the same as the one which we are heading to um, with this uh, decarbonization huge challenge. Again, budget associated to this uh, decarbonisation, it's an obstacle or can be an obstacle. Because it's a new line in the budget of the ship owner. It's a new line on the budget of the different stakeholders that need to be integrated. We need to accept that. And the good news is that we can see that the financial institution already uh, estimates this uh, uh, global mm-hmm. uh, budget needs. So it's a good news, let's say, that we all uh, are aligned on that uh, budget aspect. It will cost money. And uh, I will just add uh, maybe one of the obstacles is the data quality, garbage in, garbage out. If we have no good data coming into the system treated on board or treated on shore and uh, in order to help the improve the efficiency uh, of the vessel, we will not succeed so again the base of the pyramid is important digitize your reporting uh, more and more uh, implement sensors on board and that's not it because sometimes the data coming from sensors is not good and not accurate sometimes the data coming from e-reporting is not good so you need to add to that some models Uh, machine learning models that help to cross-check all these different data in order to ensure a good data quality level before to move forward. So that's also an obstacle that uh, needs to be mentioned, I think.
0: Arno, I'm really happy that you finished um, your answer talking about data quality because, as I said, this was a point I wanted to come back to. Uh, Both of you refer to it quite a lot. So, again, there must be quite a lot of data coming at... All these key actors with all these new senses and everything, as you said. So I was wondering, um, Arnaud, could you tell me a bit more about the um, what is the maturity level of the industry regarding data? What are they ready for or how far have they gone so far to avoid this garbage in, garbage out that you were talking about?
1: So in terms of maturity, I would say that it's very heterogeneous along the markets along the different stakeholders but that's the status and it's not good or bad uh, the good news is that independently of this maturity there is solutions and there is good opportunity so yes uh, sometimes there is a lack of understanding of the benefit of a data driven approach uh, in order to generate efficiency to mm-hmm. move towards uh, more and more uh, smart ships. again this uh, uh, will take time, but there is solution. Maybe what I would say is, and referring to the data quality challenge, this is a core business. Uh, I don't think it's uh, the ship owner core business to uh, try to do everything by themselves there is solution on the market mm-hmm. there is uh, different actors providing a, a real ecosystem that can help the different level of maturity to progress so my advice will be that there is existing company pro- that can help and accelerate uh, help the, the the different stakeholders to accelerate into this journey so believe in it rely on it and uh, because if you do everything by yourself you will be in a silo approach you will not be able to benchmark Transparency will not be uh, here at the end because we will move more and more on the coming decades to more transparency in terms of data, specifically on the environment approach. So, yeah, that would be my advice, I would say.
0: That's great. And you're definitely touching on something that I want to, again, discuss uh, later on. But Vincent, what about you? How have you seen the uh, level of maturity of the industry uh, when it comes to data evolving?
2: agree with Arno, and during the past decade, we have seen uh, the industry investing in uh, many directions and with difficulties to manage data generated by those solutions and difficulties to identify the valuable data to transform it into valuable actions. Many industry actors benchmark tested many solutions, but full developments and uh, ROI is still linked to vital uh, questions. From where to start, what are my objectives, what are my priorities? Definitely, digitization is a journey. And for a long time, uh, the data was accessible only through spreadsheets, accessible through internal silos, in many cases, left in uh, mailboxes. But now we can see an acceleration in the adoption for two reasons. First, uh, because of the entry into force of the COI that uh, really pushed for uh, strategies related to the energy efficiency. It becomes more and more obvious. And secondly, as uh, Arno mentioned, we have more solutions available on the market and they are more mature than before. When we deploy such kind of solution, uh, we can feel another challenge, which is the integration of all those solutions in the digital ecosystem. It's raising uh, some needs for standardized data exchange formats. There are some initiatives, there are some standards, but still uh, we need to better explore those standards to, again, release all the potential of the data.
0: Right, and in fact you both mentioned the fact that there are digital solutions out there that can help all these key actors manage all this data. Um, I was wondering, uh, Vincent, you know, is there Uh, Are there a lot of these solutions? Is it easy to wade through um, the expanse of the solutions available? Can you give us a market, an update of the market of these digital solutions?
2: There are a lot. There are a lot. There was a report from Konzberg last year that indicated that uh, during the past five years, the number of software vendors increased from 150 to 550, you can imagine. It's quite yeah. confusing and more confusion is coming that uh, we can see all the industry profiles there. We can see traditional uh, vessel management software providers with the routers, spin-off from ship owners, big OEMs, shipyards, brokers, startups, pure digital actors, all profiles are there. And as we said, they are not at an even stage of maturity and there are reasons behind uh, first You know that the investment on the private equity market for uh, digital uh, was very speculative during the past years. It is quite deflating now. There's also, uh, we have to say, some kind of overconfidence from uh, Silicon Valley mantra, you know, fake it until you make it. (laughs) However, what we have to say is that uh, the market today is consolidating. It's a good news. Another very good news is that uh, the connectivity market continues to grow. It is uh, plus uh, 150% uh, during the past year. So this is encouraging.
0: Mm. Well, that's, that's good to hear that we have encouraging news despite all these uh, these different options that exist. Uh, what about you, Arno? What have you seen uh, in terms of digital solutions at the market as it is for the shipping industry?
1: I would say that globally... Um, The understanding and it's progressing. Yes, I agree with Vincent. There is a lot of actors increase with uh, some consolidation going. But also what I really want to mention is that... uh, all these different companies are not doing uh, the same things. Uh, Most of them are not in competition. I've been uh, talking to a lot of them, and we are definitely more partner than competitors. And the difficulties we have is really to, we pitch the the same ways, in fact. So, on the ship owner's point of view, on the charterer's point of view, it can be the same thing, but in reality, an hardware company linked, for example, to a company like Opsilog is fully complementary. A pure software company linked to a company like Opsilog is complementary so because here we we are playing our role of data integrator of transforming this data into action create KPIs and we need fuel and this fuel is coming from hardware companies coming from software companies so I would say the responsibility of this ecosystem I think is to provide a a clear proposition to show that uh, to the market that it's an ecosystem that is working together and providing uh, a final solution as a service to the customer that will be the dream it will take times of course uh, and uh, but it's progressing and we can see along our actual customers that they understand that it's a combination of multiple solution and companies uh, partnering together sharing data together for their own benefits and to generate efficiency, to decarbonize—that's the direction they are following now. So that's very, very good news, and hopefully, uh, it will uh, accelerate on this way.
0: Great, absolutely. Um, let's hope so. And again, it's—I'm—I'm uh, I'm really glad to hear that you both ended this conversation on, on data, at least on a positive note. Um, and you know, because we've talked a lot about. Challenges, I mean, a lot of opportunities as, you, as you've said, but there were a few challenges as well, and one of the challenges that Vincent raised as well uh, was in relation to regulation and standardization across the industry. Vincent, you mentioned that there is a need for standardizing um, formats, if I recall correctly, regarding data. So can you give us a bit more of a, an explanation, Vincent, as to where the smart shipping industry is at this point in time of the standardization and regulation?
2: Sure. Difficulty is, as we said before, that there is no commonly agreed definition on smart chip. What is a smart chip? Also, there is no unified regulation, standard, classification notation regarding a smart chip. However, we have uh, some standards, some regulation, typically uh, from IMO regarding single window platform for port clearance for uh, data exchange format. This is very beneficial. Electronic certificates, electronic record books for moving to paperless models. Autonomous shipping, it's key. IMO is working hard on it. Um, cyber security as well. IACS has uh, released unified requirements uh, that are uh, very impacting recently. It will be uh, applicable for all new ships contracted after the 1st January 2024. Anyway. All classification societies have issued classification notations for smart chips. There are some equivalences, but they are not harmonized at the IACS yet. You started by that, Alex, and it is the most important. I would like to highlight the initiatives from IMO for uh, standardized shipboard data infrastructure, standardized ship data exchange namely the iso nineteen eight hundred forty seven nineteen eight hundred forty eight and why i would like to highlight it it is what Arno said we need to integrate all those solutions we need to develop those uh models in an ecosystem for that we need to speak the same languages it means standardization of data exchange format. So those ISO standards are very welcome. Their implementation is still slow, but I see many initiatives who have understood how important it is. And this is very positive. These are good news in order to accelerate uh, all the data-driven model in order to build this uh, global ecosystem we need.
0: Thank you, Vincent. Uh, What I'm seeing is that, again, there's a a variety of things being implemented and we are waiting to see a bit of harmonization, but it's moving forward and the regulations um, and standardizations are there to progressively help people um, use all these new technologies. Arnaud, can you confirm that you're seeing some impact, that you're seeing something moving along those lines as well?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, it's not yet fully mature. It's, uh, I think, uh, uh progressing, uh, well, we need standard that definitely we need standard uh, for the data exchange for the different subjects. Vincent mentioned we need standards for the e-reporting so many spreadsheets are asked every day to the ship owners uh, to the captain sorry by the ship owners the charterer the insurer. so we need standard the industry is working on it i was in london a few days ago to discuss about uh, uh, defining standards uh, for the reporting part so this is key uh, we need standard if we want to exchange data we need standard if we want to compare Apple to Apple. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, uh, we need that. We need to reinforce that. And it's a topic which is progressing.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Um, we are getting close to the end of our conversation. I'm sure there could be so much more that we could talk about. But uh, before ending our um, our chat for today, I would like to ask you the Million dollar question. Uh, how do you see the future of smart shipping evolving in the next five to 10 years? You know, you've, t- we've talked opportunities. We've talked challenges. How do you see all this moving along? Arnaud, how, how, from your point of view, how is it going to go?
1: From my point of view, ideally five, five to 10 years uh, time. So the standard will be, will, would have been defined and implemented on the different subjects, reporting real time data collection, data sharing. That's a prerequisite. So hopefully uh, we will get it soon. No more paper on board, no more spreadsheets. More and more the reporting done will be automatically done thanks to real-time data collection that would have been assessed in terms of data quality along the years. So uh less task of manual reporting, or ideally, no more task of manual reporting on board. I would say that hopefully, finger cross, big part of the, the f- worldwide fleet. So f- worldwide fleet, about 70,000 vessels today. So half of this worldwide fleet, hopefully, will be able to share data in real time uh, to shore. And... That will for sure, I think the challenge of measuring on the next five years will be a success and we will be able to open the door of uh, reduction. To measure, we need good data quality again. That's very linked. We will need the market. Hopefully will be more and more transparent in terms of data sharing. It will take times and that's understandable. The ship owner cannot share all their CII today to the whole industry. Because they need first to uh, have a good knowledge of these new indicators, for example, uh, try to improve it on their own. And then maybe we'll move slowly, slowly to more uh, transparency on this uh, such uh, on such indicators. And I would say that maybe by this time in five to 10 years, we will have a biggest part of smart fleet that will. Uh, be ultra efficient. That will be digitized, and we will still have, unfortunately, a, a non-smart fleet. And this non-smart fleet, I think, it will be very difficult for them to operate because all the radar will be uh, uh, turned to this non-smart fleet. Port state control will be reinforced, so it will not be fluent operation for this non-smart fleet. So, but uh, finger cross, I hope that a big part of the worldwide fleet uh, would be uh, would be smart by by five to ten years time.
0: Yeah, and. I have to ask, as an ex-mariner, you know, ten years ago, did you imagine that this transition was going to happen? Could you have seen it happen?
1: Not such a big challenge. When I was on board, uh, the, <laughs> it, it was um, no phone. We cannot communicate with the family, uh, or just by email. And this email need to be sent uh, uh, first to the email box of the ship to the captain, and then the captain tell you, oh, you receive a mail from your family, and then you go to read it. So that was uh, early two thousand one, uh, and uh, no, so I cannot imagine, even if when I was on board, I really see that there is room, thanks to uh, uh, data, to improve the operation because I saw um, so many manual tasks done on board, so many inefficiencies done on the day-to-day operation, not only uh, uh, on board, but also from the orders that we receive from charterers because yeah, sometimes it's difficult to operate and uh, the, the logistic part, the marine logistic part. So uh, I can feel that there is something to do uh, by this time and that uh, there is a lot to do, but uh, um I was not imagining that uh, this huge challenge uh, would happen uh, so fast, let's say.
0: Right. But you had a good vision and that's what you created, Opsilog. So you were very good at uh, at seeing what was going to happen in a way. And um, Vassar, what about you? What? How do you see things evolving in the coming years?
2: I will start answering by the cheapest question. Uh, it's already started. There is no way back. Um uh, Arnaud is very right, uh, we, we will continue to see more connectivity from ships, more ship tracking, more sophisticated performance monitoring. I want to revert to your experience as, as a seafarer, uh, Arnaud. Today uh, we see that companies are offering connectivity to the crew as an incentive in order to be able to recruit talents. They all say that uh, candidates today will be more prioritizing the connectivity on board the ship for their welfare rather than the salary itself. We will see from uh, new organizations, they are already in place, but this will continue for the big ship owners uh, with data monitoring centers. For smaller companies, they may outsource it through uh, two service providers for uh, data monitoring, performance monitoring, We uh, will see more and more services from OEM shipyards that are evolving slowly from pure industrial uh, manufacturing actors to also service providers with 24 per 7 subscription for remote technical support, for example. Autonomous ship will continue to develop. I don't see it in the short term. More as a mid or long term perspective. 2028 will be a major milestone with the implementation of this uh, IMO mascot that stands for Maritime Autonomous Surface Ship. It will enable those autonomous ships from moving to small to larger projects, moving from uh, national navigations to international navigations. Cybersecurity is already not an option. And we will see more and more investment there. However, I want to say that we will always need a human in the loop. This is my conviction. We will always need crew on board. But uh, the definition of onboard task, time spent on board, training, and qualification, will necessarily involved. If it is a conclusion, I would like to smart shipping as potential to transform ambition into a reality. It is not achievable only by the digital technologies. It's a strategic change of mindset to convert needs for compliance to opportunities. Doing so, it means embracing true commitments toward transparency and multilateral collaborations.
0: Well, Thank you very much, Vincent. In fact, thank you so much, both of you, uh, for these insights. It's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you both. And... Um Thank you to our audience for joining us for this episode of Shaping a Better Maritime World. We certainly hope that you found our conversation informative and thought-provoking, much like we did. And if you want to learn more about this topic, please be sure to check our website where you can find our brand new technology reports, additional resources, and more information about this topic. So, once again, thank you Vincent, thank you Arnaud, thank you to our audience for listening, and until next time, take care and stay safe. Whether we're meeting the challenges of decommissioning offshore oil and gas assets in a safe and sustainable manner, helping ship owners embrace decarbonisation and digitalisation to transport goods safely and sustainably, or supporting marine renewable energy technologies, Bureau Veritas Marine and Offshore is shaping a better maritime world. Thank you for listening to the Shaping a Better Maritime World podcast by Bureau Veritas.